Hey, it's Jeremy, and I just want to take a quick minute to thank everybody who's checked this out at SotaSoccer.com, S-O-T-A Soccer.com, and who has supported us and contributed to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash SotaSoccer. We're trying to bring the Minnesota soccer community unmatched, unprecedented, dedicated, unique coverage of Minnesota soccer that you're not going to get anywhere else with written pieces, podcasts, and bonus content available to our Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. So if you haven't sampled our written content yet, make sure you check that out at SodaSoccer.com. And again, if you want to go that extra mile and directly support what we do, every content creator that's on the Soda Soccer team is paid for their work. So if you want to help support that and contribute to that, just go to patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. You can contribute for as low as $3 a month. Big thanks to everybody who is supporting not only the podcast here, but SodaSoccer.com as well. Now to the episode. What's up? Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing, here for episode, what is it, 113? Let me scroll back up the notes. 116. Wow, 113. That was so three weeks ago. We're here at 116, and alongside me, as always, Mr. Dominic Jose Bodonio. Dom, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I uh, am I'm glad to uh, return uh, to the show as a person that that is writing for a soda soccer it's been a hot minute and uh about time major about major damn weight. time Tom. major weight but i i pulled through and i got an article in uh that uh i i hope people go ahead and check out about uh uh, uh maranatha uh christian academy uh it's a class a team that that is uh, coached by by adi bilani from uh Valora. FC and uh, Ian Sendy from from FC Minneapolis as the assistant coach. A really interesting story, kind of underdog story for uh, this year's tournament. Had a, had a great chat with with Adi about all that. Um, just talking about you know every angle of that story, and so uh, hope people check that one out. But yeah, uh, glad to glad to be here. We have a lot to talk about actually today. I think. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's weird. To it. Each week, I'm like, you know what? It's going to be a light episode this week. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all this news comes out, and you're like, okay, maybe not. Maybe we'll go north of an hour again, and then yeah. we'll do 10K stoppage time after. So um, it seems to be one of those weeks. But, of course, we are presented by SodaSoccer.com. As Dominic was mentioning, he has a brand-new piece up there. Uh, we have some pieces on you know the latest news uh, from Minnesota United as they have uh, brought on a new midfielder and let go of one of their uh, more promising young talents. Uh, more to that to come here in the podcast, but we have kind of a reaction to that news in written form over at SodaSoccer.com as well, uh, as well as Dominic's new piece. So go ahead and check that out, SOTASoccer.com if you could. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast if you could as well, and you can follow us on the socials at SodaSoc. Now, if you want to go the extra mile, you want to help directly support what we're doing, directly support the content creators here at Soda Soccer, and also get some bonus content in the process, you can head over to patreon.com slash Soda Soccer. And uh, for as low as $3 a month, you can uh, you know help support us. If you're in those 5 or $10 tiers, you get this episode of 10K Stoppage Time, which this week will kind of go in depth on the upcoming St. Louis City 
expansion draft as it pertains to Minnesota United. That's coming up on Friday. Uh, Minnesota United have 17 unprotected players, one of which uh, St. Louis City could take. They could opt to take no Minnesota United players, or they could take one of those players that the Loons uh, have unprotected. So um, a more in-depth look at the expansion draft as it pertains to MNUFC coming up uh, on patreon.com slash soda soccer for this week's episode of 10 K stoppage time. So if you want that content and you want to help us out, head over to patreon.com slash soda soccer as soon as we are done here. But Minnesota United is where we kick off the podcast this week in the news. Um, a lot of news uh, that the loons made this week. We'll get to kind of more of the internal roster news in a minute, but uh, the, uh promising week here for Mr. Justin McMaster as not only did he make his first senior appearance for the Jamaican national team, but he also scored his first goal for the Jamaican national team in a one, one draw with Cameroon. Um, obviously one of the, one of the younger players spent uh, this season with them in UFC two. Uh, I have to imagine this only helps his confidence moving forward and maybe Adrian Heath's confidence in him moving forward that he can go, you know, in his first call up like this and score and end up, ends up being a very crucial goal for his home country and a, and a result. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, obviously at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, a, a brief uh, appearance and friendly and all that, but I actually think it's a really promising little moment in, in his career as it continues to develop and grow. Uh, you know, this is a guy that was frankly a little unlucky not to, Get some some proper first team exposure this year, just between the competition for the forward positions and, and you know there was there were a couple of sort of bumps in the road, with some injury stuff, and of course he was also a big part of uh, uh, MN UFC two. So just some various factors that kind of prevented that. But this is a very talented player had a had a really solid season for uh, for the the Toonies. Is that what we're calling them? Is that what you call them? The 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 Toosies, the Dubloons. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever your preferred um, nickname is. So, you know, great, great moment for him. Scores a big goal against a Cameroon side that is going to the World Cup. Um, mm-hmm. You know, J- Jamaica obviously is not, but the Jamaica right now also in a really interesting point as it develops as a national team, bringing a lot of uh, sort of, I, I guess the term would be the diaspora talent that has been playing in, in places like England. Um and uh, you've seen a really interesting mixture of, of player um, pools recently for, for Jamaica that could provide some really great exposure for, for Justin if he continues to be in the mix there. Um, but yeah, you know, like you said, I think all of this kind of adds up to a, a, a picture that hopefully we can see more of him next year, um, of, of course, with, with MNUFC too, but, but hopefully also with the first team you know, whether that's uh, league action, whether that's, you know, starter as a sub, whether that's open cup. Um, seems like, you know, there, there's a bright future ahead of him. He's still only, I think, 23 years old, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of time ahead to still develop and grow into the final product. So, uh, yeah, just a, a great sort of little chapter in his journey. It'll be interesting to see what his role is next year, especially with the departure of Azil Jackson, if he sort of just takes on that much more of a prominent role with the second team or if there is sort of a uh, a, um, a depth spot on the first team for him there in 2023. Um, so Justin McMaster, definitely somebody to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, obviously, he's a name that Minnesota United fans know. Obviously, he's made a few appearances for the first team, but – um, this is, I think, is kind of his most uh, marquee moment 
in his uh in his career so far. So good for him getting that done. Um, now let's get to the roster news. Um, couple big, big uh, you know, as far as the 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 trade window in general, uh, mostly boring. Not a lot of teams made any any huge moves. Um, I think uh, a lot of the uh, MLS uh, MLS.com and a lot of the um, just the national local or uh, national soccer media here in the states were sort of hoping for a little bit more action in the trade window that they could report. But there wasn't much. But Minnesota United did make a couple moves. Um, first, acquiring midfielder Cameron Dunbar from the LA Galaxy, um, or excuse me, forward Cameron Dunbar. He's a homegrown player, and this was a trade to the Galaxy. And uh, in exchange for Dunbar, the Loons gave LA a third-round pick in the 2023 Super and $75,000 in GAM if performance-based incentives are met. Um, Dunbar is some somebody that's, you know, he's, he's a young kid. Um, he actually did play a good amount on the first team in 2020 and 2021 those two seasons specifically, but 2022, he was more of a fe- of a feature on LA Galaxy 2, who did not play an MLS Next Pro in 2022. They will play there in 2023. They're actually in USL Championship in 22. But um, he's somebody who really, when he, when he got his kind of chance with the second team to be a prominent player, um, he showed out. Um, and, um, you know, he's able to put the ball in the back of the net. He's able to set people up. Um, so it would be interesting to see you know, as he continues his development, as he integrates with Minnesota United specifically, how he sort of fits in to this 2023 roster. We were just talking about this with Justin McMaster, but like, I mean, is this, is this a short-term, short and long-term move where he's going to fit in right away? Is this somebody who we might see more with them in UFC two here in 2023, continue his development, and maybe he's more of like a 2024 and beyond? I target to be a, uh, an impact player on the first team. It's very interesting. $75,000 in GAM, you're not breaking the bank to bring him on. A third-round super draft pick, you're not You're not giving up the farm here. Um, he is a homegrown player, which gives you some roster flexibility with him as well. Um, uh, that being shown here in this, uh, you know, when we get to the expansion draft, because he's a homegrown player, Minnesota United were able to leave him unprotected. Now they would have been able to leave him unprotected anyways, because they just signed him, but the homegrown status does give them some roster flexibility as well. So that's something to consider. But all that being said, an interesting move made even more interesting uh, by the, the next move that we'll talk about in just a minute. But Dominic, your initial reaction to the Dunbar signing itself. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like you said, there's, there's a lot of aspects of it that I, I guess are, are quite unclear long-term, uh, you know, in terms of, of where he fits into the puzzle. He's quite young. Uh, and so, as you kind of noted, you could see uh, something where, you know, maybe this is more of a second-team signing in the short term for at least this first year. Uh, this is a guy that had, you know, 12 goals in the USL Championship this last year. So, uh, you would imagine that means he'd be quite good in MLS Nets Pro. Um, but, you know, I mean, if if they feel the room is there, then it'd be interesting to see what he'd do with the first team. Uh, but, yeah, we don't really know what, what Minnesota United wants out of, out of Dunbar in 2023. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I guess from a bigger picture, the, the, the real question that, uh, that I find myself thinking about with this is just, 
you know, we're going to talk about a, a player that's departing uh, that that is connected to to the the youth setup at at Minnesota United. Um, I, I guess the question is, how does bringing in a player like Dunbar balance out with the fact that the team is trying to develop its own pipeline for these kinds of players? And how does mm. um, how does the focus on one and maybe not the other? How how does that all sort of work out? How's that all sort of map out for Minnesota United? Because you're 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 selling a player that people thought was a promising young talent, and you're bringing another one in. Um, and and so, what is the nature of all that? I think that's sort of the the macro question that gets created by these moves. But uh, in in the closer up, Dunbar seems like a talented young player, and I'm I'm very interested to see how he sort of fits into the the picture for Minnesota United in 2023. Twenty years old, Cameron yeah. Dunbar. That is something yeah. to not overlook. This is a right. young kid, and obviously this is a, a signing based on potential. But 12 goals in the USL Championship is nothing to look over either. No. And yeah. when you compare, you, you kind of alluded to this, Don, when you compare USL Championship with MLS Next Pro, yeah, the, the, the championship is is a little better competition. It's, oh, it's sure. objectively yeah. better competition. You could even say USL League One is better competition right now than MLS Next Pro. Um, Next Pro in its infancy has a lot of work to do and a lot of growth to have. Um, not saying it won't get there. I, I I think it will sooner rather than later. But as we're just you know just finished year one, heading into year two of Next Pro, USL Championship far and away a a better league than than MLS Next Pro as far as quality talent, quality defenders, stuff like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they take Dunbar a step up to MLS. Or if they sort of bring him, not as a step down, but give him just another opportunity to further his development, increase his confidence in MLS next per not That was not the only move that Minnesota United made on the opening day of the MLS transfer window. This had been rumored for a couple weeks, and it came to fruition officially. Azeel Jackson has been traded from Minnesota United to St. Louis City. Um, 150000 in general allocation money. Um, Minnesota United got for this, um, and also could get uh, 75, an additional $75,000 in conditional GAM should certain performance metrics be met. And Minnesota United received 20% of the sell-on fee if uh, Jackson is sold outside of MLS. So when you look at the numbers and the business side of this, um, you know, Minnesota United got quite a bit for a player who I think has has earned that you know, you, you see 75000 in GAM for Dunbar, and then they sell Jackson for 150000 in GAM. He's kind of earned that additional prominence as far as young prospective talent is concerned in this league. Um, man, $150,000 I think is a lot, though, still. Um, I think Minnesota United, from a business perspective, did, did get a good deal here. I do know, though, when you're looking at the other side of this, a lot of people thought that Azeel Jackson could could be a really prominent player um, on the first team uh, in the long term, and in the short term, a really nice depth piece behind Emmanuel Reynoso on this team. But it, it feels like the team kind of didn't see him being a short or middle term impact player for this team, considering that that he and Mano Reynoso basically played the same position. Um, and it seems like both parties thought it best to make this move. And it seems like Azeel Jackson and in, 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 from his perspective too, 
might have saw the writing on the wall. Uh, Jacob Schneider, among others, reporting that maybe he was the one who maybe initiated this move. Um, and I guess from that perspective, if he is going to have a better opportunity at St. Louis City and Minnesota United is getting a good deal for this, and then you also combine that with the fact that they get another young attacking talent um, coming in with a lot of potential. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like it takes a little bit of the sting out of it from my perspective, but still, you know, MLS next pro best 11 MVP candidate and MLS next pro, you know, we, we talked about him week after week after week this season, Dom and talked about what his future could hold, but that future now is going to be in St. Louis instead of the twin cities. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I have, I have two things to say on this. One is that, you know, I mean, a lot of my feelings in general are, are still more or less uh, what I expressed when we recorded an episode when this sort of rumor first came out, which is that I'm not particularly happy about it. But um, I, I guess what I will say is that how good or bad of a move this all plays out to be, you know, it is something that has to play out. We have to see yeah. how Dun- if Dunbar goes well, then I think all this kind of plays out looking quite well played. Um, mm-hmm. If and 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 to be fair, you know, given that these moves have already been made, it's all official. Uh, that would be the better outcome. That everybody's happy with the moves that got made. Um, if Dunbar does not adjust well uh, and, and things don't go particularly well with his his move to Minnesota United, then you know, I, I'm not sure that the the net 75k that you kind of are left with out of all those moves is worth that. But you know, I mean, we we, we have to wait and see, and of course, we have to wait and see what um what uh what is Aziel Jackson does with St. Louis City too, right? We 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 don't know what that's going to look like, mm-hmm. and and maybe how that all plays out will kind of inform how we think about whether or not the loons were right to keep or not keep him. Um, you know, again, it, I'm not a huge fan of, of sending him off. Um, I'm not sure that all of this still reflects what I th- thought the, the goal with this pipeline for internal talent was going to look like. Um, but, you know, again, if, if things play out the way clearly that Minnesota United thinks they're going to play out, then this move will probably result in, in Minnesota United having a good player, uh, which at the end of the day is kind of the job. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess again, for me, we, it's a we don't know. Of, to your point, Dom, we don't, we don't know if this is a good move yet yeah. because both these guys are so incredibly young. So, I mean, they neither of them have have really shown what they can do at the MLS level yet, right? Yeah. So it's, it's not, really hard right. to determine, right? I'm not sure if – my last quick thing on that on this will just be that I'm not sure that if Dunbar proves to be a solid signing, I'm still not sure that deciding to move all this around and move all this money around just to get a similar potential player, I'm not sure if that makes a ton of sense to me. That being said, yeah, we have to see. So hopefully it all works out. Um, I'll just say again that the whole thing seemed a little strange to me, but uh, hopefully both players, you know, land well at their new homes. 
All right, we'll get back into the episode in just a minute. But first, of course, want to shout out our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South Ninth Street, Minneapolis is where you can find them. They're in the Marcy Holmes neighborhood, kind of right there between Dinkytown and Northeast. Very convenient to get to no matter where you are in the metro. And once you get there, if you enjoy playing soccer, well, they have pickup going on almost every night of the week. So if you want to be in an indoor, temperature-controlled environment, play and pick up. Ninth Street is the place for you. Also, if you're not maybe in soccer, but you love soccer, you want to be in a soccer environment, they have soccer on the TVs all day long when there's soccer on. They have a great coffee shop and bar area where you can enjoy, uh, you know, you can get your you can get your espresso fix. You can enjoy a great coffee. You can enjoy a nice tea if you want. Or if you're feeling like you maybe you want to have a little, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere situation going on. You can enjoy a few of the brews that they have on tap. Beer from Uda Pills, Castle Danger, and so many more. So no matter what you're feeling, no matter what your interest is in regards to soccer, Ninth Street has you covered. If you're a work-from-home type, but you have the flexibility, or maybe you can work from a, a coffee shop like Ninth Street, it's a great place to go get some work done, watch some soccer on the TVs, and just be around other people who love soccer. So... If that sounds good to you, check them out. 801 South Ninth Street in Minneapolis. Follow them on Twitter or Instagram at Ninth Street MPLS. That's N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S. Or hit them up online, NinthStreetMPLS.com. Huge thanks to the guys over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee for supporting this episode of 10,000 Pitches. Let's get back into it. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't go on a pedestal either way and say, this is a great move. This is a... This is the bad move we we don't know but dunbar played in the usl championship azil jackson played mls next pro both guys have have featured in 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 various capacities on the first team in u.s open cup play um azil jackson and uh and uh, a friendly or two this year um you know various spot appearances when injuries have happened and things like that but we don't have nearly enough sample size for either of these guys in mls to determine what kind of players these guys are going to in MLS. So, you know, we will probably know here in a couple of years whether this was a good move or not, but you cannot objectively say, yes, this was a good move. No, this was not a good move. Right. Because we, this needs, as you mentioned, this needs to play out. We need to see how these two perform at that level um, in order, in order to truly, truly know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, yeah, we'll have to see. All right, so moving on now to expansion draft. That is happening tomorrow or today. Uh, tomorrow's we're recording today or tonight as you are listening to this here on Friday. And um, Minnesota United protected 12 players and unprotected 17 players. And that, that's kind of how it goes. You can only protect a certain number of players. So the players left unprotected for Minnesota United in the St. Louis City expansion draft are as follows. Will Trapp, Bakari DeBassi, Tyler Miller, Alan Benitez, Brent Coleman, Roman Metnair, Joseph Rosales, Jonah Gonzalez, uh, Adi uh, Abu Dunlady, um, Nico Hansen, Ja'Cory Hayes, O'Neill Fisher, Nabi Kimaguchi, Justin McMaster, Tanya Lewis Shea, uh, Callum Montgomery, and Eric Dick. Uh, more of an expansion draft preview coming up on 10K stoppage time. Um, but those are your players who St. Louis City could pick. Now, Maximum, they could pick one of these players. Minimum, they could choose not to pick any of these players. Um, obviously, guys like Will Trapp and Bakai Debassi, even Tyler Miller, sort of stick out. And I think 
we'll get into more of this on stoppage time, but based off recent expansion team success and how expansion teams specifically have built early success in this league, I think I have an idea on who um, St. Louis city is going to go with, and it might not be the obvious one that you might be thinking of. So that's a little tease. 10K stoppage time, patreon.com slash soda soccer. Join us after this podcast is complete. We will kind of dive in a little bit more on Friday's expansion draft and Minnesota United's place in that. Uh, all right, college soccer moving down a little bit. Um, it is officially the postseason. Conference tournaments are done. We are heading to NCAA tournament time. Things are getting very exciting. On the women's side in the NSIC, Minot shock Minnesota State in the NSIC finals to advance to the final. But Bemidji win the tournament championship game with a 2-0 win over Minot. It went into OT nil-nil, actually, and uh, Bemidji was able to get two goals. And what do you know? For all the talk about Minnesota State and Bemidji sort of having those struggles at the end of the day, they get the last laugh once again, Dom, and they take home another conference tournament title. They're almost undeniable at this point. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a shocker, but um, yeah, I mean, what what a sort of last minute pull through there. Uh, great for Bemidji, mm-hmm. of course. Congratulations to them. Tough for for Mankato, I'm sure, to kind of process all that after after such a strong season. Of course, they'll have a, a postseason to still play. Um, but uh, yeah, I I mean, this is why this is why you gotta you gotta keep track t- to the last minute of the last game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, these knockout games are are. They exist for this reason. They exist for a school like Minot to have the chance to upset Mankato and then you know, a team like Bemidji that didn't have the year they would have liked to have. They get one more opportunity to kind of end their uh, their sort of conference season on a high note. They take it. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But but uh, And by the way, yeah, it seems like an incredibly hard-fought final to, to go into OT as well. Um, but yeah, again, congratulations to Bemidji. They, they showed that endurance, that uh patience and uh it's paid off and we could get a mankato bemidji matchup in the second round because they are on the same corner of the bracket as mankato will play northwest missouri state in the first round of the d2 tournament on saturday that is in bemidji and then following that up right after of course it's the host bemidji playing central oklahoma in the first round and if both teams win they will play each other in the second round which is uh pretty exciting uh, D3 in the Mayak, St. Olaf beat Gustavus 2-1 in the Mayak tournament final. St. Olaf will now play Lake Forest in the NCAA tournament. Gustavus will play Aurora University, both games on Saturday, November 12th. Um, St. Catherine beat Carlton 1-0 in the Mayak tournament final, and they will play Washington, Wash U in St. Louis um, in the NCAA tournament. That game is on Sunday as well. And then moving to the UMAC, it's UW-Superior, of course, winning the UMAC tournament. Titles for both the men's and women's side, of course, uh, as the men beat Bethany Lutheran 3-0. Women beat Northwestern 6-0 in their respective conference tournament finals. Uh, the Superior men will now play North Central College, my alma mater, NCC. Oh, really? Uh, yep, yep. And that's the first round of the tournament on Sunday – or on Saturday, excuse me. That's in Naperville. Um, no offense to UW Superior, but uh, go Cardinals there. And then uh, the women will play Loris College in the first round of the tournament on November 12th in Dubuque, Iowa. So um, 
a lot of, I mean, we're getting into now it's, it's winter go home officially in all these D2, D3, men, women. Um, you are one and done territory here um, for both. This is kind of where, where you, it's interesting to see now, not, now that these teams, now we could get matchups between these teams as the tournaments go on, but it's now sort of a race to see which of these teams can advance the furthest in the national tournament. And if any of them can make any noise and say, you know, advance to a national quarterfinal, a national semifinal, um, that would be pretty cool. But all in all, just very obviously very well represented on the national tournament stage is uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some some crazy last couple of weeks in, in the MAC and the UMAC. Uh, you know, congratulations to St. Olaf and, and St. Catherine, of course, on, on getting the MAC titles. And, uh, and and some eventful NCAA action ahead of them, and for DeSavis as well. Uh, for UWS, yeah, like you said, it's it's uh, it's 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 uh, sort of a case of eventualities with with Joe Mooney and his and his uh, and his guys for the men's team and, and for the women's team as well. Of course, yeah. both both have been just uh, such a presence uh, in the UMAC for so long, and, and the uh, the uh, departure of of St. Slaska has, has only intensified that. Um, so yeah, it'd be really interesting to see. You know, UWS have been a really dominant program uh, for a long time, but of course, it's always kind of a difficult step up when you get to the NCAA tournament. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do with that this year. Uh, both those groups are very talented, but but it's it's a big jump uh, to go from you know playing uh, the various schools in, in Minnesota, some of which are, are weaker, some are stronger, and and now yeah, deal with the best of the best. So um, yeah, I I I, I will be hoping for them to do better than your alma mater i i i uh i uh have to break that to you but uh i think that'll be a really interesting That's matchup and uh yeah hopefully at least one or two of these schools out of this mix can uh, can make a little bit of a run and and represent the area well at the, the national stage undefeated regular season for ncc that's all that's oh, all i'm saying okay. We will get back into the episode in just a quick minute, but uh, of course, you've heard us talk about Pence Holmes numerous times, not only here on the 10,000 Pitches podcast, but also on the Saloons postgame show during the Minnesota United season as well. And the reason why we are so grateful for Pence Holmes support is it's so rare to find a local business like Pence Holmes who is so committed to helping support the local Minnesota soccer community. And that's what Nate Pence and his team have really shown, um, especially over these last few years. You know, they're sponsoring Minneapolis City Soccer Club. They're sponsoring Minnesota Aurora FC. Um, Nate Pence is huge into supporting Minnesota United as well, among other local soccer organizations and entities. Soda Soccer included and 10,000 pitches included. So, if you want to look at a business that's supporting the local soccer community but can also do a damn good job of helping you buy a new home, sell your current home, or do both at the same time, look no further than Nate Pence and the team at Pence Homes. P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com is the website. Go there right now. If you're in or around Minneapolis and St. Paul and you are kind of in that process of thinking about selling your home or buying a new home or doing both, which is super stressful, um, I highly recommend you go to PenceHomes.com and just check out their reviews. Don't take it from me. Take it from the... Hundreds and hundreds of people who have done business with Nate Pence and his team. It's probably thousands of people at this point, but the hundreds of reviews that they have 
over at PenceHolmes.com from people who have actually worked with Nate and worked with the team and have had such a great experience. You can have that experience as well. P-E-N-T-Z-Holmes.com. Or if I have sold you here, just email Nate directly. Nate, N-A-T-E, at PenceHolmes.com. Huge thanks again to Pence Holmes for supporting Soda Soccer and the 10,000 Pitches podcast. Let's get back into the show. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving down to the high school scene. Of course, the state tournament finals. Uh, happened uh, last Friday, November 4th. Dom, take us to the results. All right. Yeah, so these were the the finals for uh, boys and girls. These were still played at U.S. Bank. I think we previewed them last episode, but they hadn't happened yet. Uh, so for uh, Class A, you had St. Paul Academy and Summit. They got a 2-0 win over uh, St. Anthony Village. That's for the boys' single-A final. And that, by the way, was probably the cleanest win of the bunch. Um, so, so congratulations to them. Uh, class double A, De La Salle win on penalties over Hill Murray. That ended in uh, 2-2 in regulation. Uh, and then uh, De La Salle won 5-4 on penalties, one of two games that were solved with penalties in this uh, bunch. Uh, YZ won a wild game against Woodbury for the AAA final, the boys' AAA final. Woodbury led 2-1 with two minutes to go in this game and Wyzetta tied it up and then scored a third in OT to wow. uh to win it so a really wild game Wyzetta were largely considered the favorites for this game but Woodbury clearly played a very good game very good Woodbury side looked like they were going to sort of clench that upset and, and then Wyzetta sort of showed why they're the the real deal so to say and and uh, and found that win so they end up with the the triple-a title uh, so congratulations to them on on uh, probably the, the hardest fought of the of the three boys uh, class class mm-hmm. titles that, that were awarded uh, for the girls uh, single A St Anthony Village got some revenge from the boys loss uh, they yep. the girls St Anthony Village side win two three two against St Paul Academy and Summit we got our uh, wish um, we got yes, our we wish got each our team wins <laughs> one so everybody goes home a little bit happy a little bit disappointed. Yeah, exactly. It, it worked out that way. And apparently a very entertaining game, 3-2, all in regulation time. So that's 80 minutes. That's five goals. Um, so so congratulations to St. Anthony Village on that one. Double A, Academy of Holy Angels beat Matamidi. That game ended uh, as a draw, 1-1, and then uh, Holy Angels won on penalties. And by doing so, they actually broke, I believe, a four-year streak of Matamidi winning this title consecutively. Uh, wow. So big win for Holy Angels, um, uh, an upset very much so in a hard-fought one, um, and and you know unfortunately for Mount Amida, I did one one less year to celebrate. Otherwise, a, a really great stretch. Um, and then Triple A uh, Rosemount uh, with with the calmest scoreline of the bunch with a one 0 win over Edina to win the Triple A final. Uh, big win for them. Still, uh, just happened to be a, a less eventful on the score sheet than a lot of the others, but. Uh, but a huge win for them. That that AAA uh, group for girls this year was really really competitive. A lot of great teams that didn't make it. That's how that's how tough it was. And uh, yeah, so Rosemount coming out on top of that. Uh, but yeah, so a, a really really fun end of the year I think for high school soccer. Um, a lot of great games all the way up to this point. Had a really fun time myself tracking a lot of section and, and class games the last month or so um, for work and for fun. 
And, uh, and yeah, again, congratulations to, to St. Paul Academy Summit, De La Salle, Wyzetta, St. Anthony Village, Holy Angels, and Rosemount, all for, for bringing home various class titles for uh, 2022. Of these six matches, there was only one multi-goal difference yeah. in all six of these. Yeah. You yeah. had three go to OT, two of those go to penalties. That, what an exciting day at U.S. Crazy. Bank Stadium on State Championship Day, as, as it usually is. Just, just craziness. And it, it kind of shows, I mean, you know, there are there are some some teams, some, some schools, well-deserved, but that have just really mowed through the the state playoffs and the state tournament for for a ton of years in a row. You talked about Matamidi, four four years running champs heading into the season, but every every one of these matches competitive for the state championship, yeah. which is which is really good to see. All right, time for top four four stories that uh, you know we we want to discuss, but uh, don't really necessarily fit into the uh, general format run of the show, uh, but still. Uh, some some fun books as they relate to soccer or otherwise. Um, of course, this would not be a soccer podcast this week if we didn't talk about the U.S. Men's National Team World Cup roster. Um, no, and no West Berdine, we are not going to use the term vibes when describing this uh, this uh, this <laughs> roster drops. So, uh, we'll save you there. But I mean, obviously, the big omissions are is everyone's talking about the omissions. Of course, nobody talks about the guys who made the team. Everybody's talking about yeah. the omissions. Um, no Ricardo Pepe. No uh, Paul Ariola, no Zach Steffen, no Miles Robinson. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's some big names here that are being left out. Of course, Ricardo Pepe being maybe the biggest of them all. And, I mean, but, I mean, you look at the roster and you say, you know what? These This still should be a roster that gets out of the group. And uh, from my vantage point in 2022, I'm just saying, get out of the group. Be impressive doing it. Don't like get th- two points of your three games and somehow win on a, on some weird tiebreaker. Like, yeah. uh, get out of the group impressively, and then whatever happens after that is gravy. I think FIFA 23 did their did their simulation, which has actually been right about the World Cup winner four years in a row. They actually had the USA going to the quarterfinals. Um, Christian Pulisic being one of the top goal scorers in the tournament. Uh, That would be amazing. That would be unbelievable. But, I mean, I'm just hoping they get out of the group. I even look at the roster without Pepe, without Areola. I mean, I'm surprised to see a few of these names off the list, for sure. Um, But I still look at the roster and I say, you know what? This is is a team that can go and get it. Youngest youngest team in the World Cup. Um, Quality players all the way around with some real high-quality experience. Um, there, there's no reason why if, if they don't, if they don't accomplish their goal, I don't think it's because they had, you know, um, who was, who was the striker that made it? It wasn't even PFOC either. Haji Wright. Haji hmm. Wright was uh, your, your, your third striker. It was Ferreira, Sargent. And I, I mean, we were talking in the press box pretty much all year at Allianz Field about who that third striker is going to be or who the second and third strikers are going to be. And we were thinking, okay, it's probably going to be Pepe or Pifak or even Brandon Vasquez. Nope. Haji Wright is your third striker. Even, even then, I was surprised to see that name. No disrespect to Haji Wright. I was surprised to see that name. However, even, even when talking about talking about that, if they 
don't accomplish their goal, it's not because Ricardo Pepe or Jordan Pifak were left off the World, World Cup roster. I don't think that you'll be able to break, make that direct correlation. I think um, this team's good enough to do what it needs to do regardless. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly agree that there's enough talent there to, to do – well, I'm sure there's disagreement on what the job is, but, but to do well regardless – uh, yeah, and I, I, I definitely understand the criticism some people have had, but some of the people that left off were people that if you were going to leave them off, you probably should have done it earlier instead of having them be yeah. key parts of the roster through the entire development cycle. People like Stefan, who continued to be played a lot through the years and all of a sudden, okay, I guess he's not, not going. Uh, Pepe even, you know, Pepe was getting a lot of minutes when he was not playing for Augsburg but then he goes to the Netherlands actually is doing quite well. And suddenly he doesn't have to go to the world cup. So, you know, questionable decisions, but uh, to your point, this roster is still good enough to compete by all means. Um, I, 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 I guess the, the question really above even the roster, of course, is just that the U S is in such a wild group in this world cup in terms of what's going to happen that, you know, I, I think it's a roll of the dice really, whether you're bringing, Pepe or Haji Wright or, or things like that, you know, you just have such an interesting group with Wales, with England, with Iran, um, that you could very well have all sorts of craziness happen, good or bad for the, the U.S. national team, um, even even if you brought your best roster. So uh, we'll have to see. It's going to be really interesting. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I think everyone knew that no matter who Greg picked, that there would be some drama. So uh, that that's certainly how it played out. Um, my, my first one will be a, a shout out to uh, Maquelia Kale, who, uh, along with South Georgia Tormenta, won the, the USL League One title uh, last, this last week mm-hmm. uh, with a 2-1 win over the Chattanooga Red Wolves. I, I believe the game was, was at Chattanooga. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, great for him. We've talked several episodes through these last what maybe two months about you know his move and then he's kind of finding his feet again uh he he very quickly made an impact at the tormenta upon signing and he's kind of carried that all the way to the final here getting some silverware to his name domestically and uh gets to be part of a historic event for that team obviously their first uh, lead one title um first professional title and uh yeah you know it's it's exciting to see his career not only finding his feet but really kind of finding its way to thrive again and and, and finding some real momentum and, and hopefully this sets up a really interesting uh 2023 for him so uh yeah just a congratulations to him and congratulations obviously to the whole team for a, a big night yeah that's cool to see i mean he you know he's been back a little uh a little less than three months here and all of a sudden he's uh getting some silverware so yeah. Um, that's good. Wherever McQuillie call I goes, teams win. So, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see, uh, we'll see what 2023 has in store for McQuillie, but I think, uh, you know, all good things. Hopefully he was a huge influential part of that team down the stretch and, and they're not only making the playoffs, but that playoff run as well. Um, my second thing is with the USL, but just a little reminder, the USL championship final on Sunday, this is kind of it for professional soccer in the United States for 2022. Um, San Antonio FC hosting Louisville City. That's at 7.30 p.m. on Sunday on ESPN2. Um, I, I didn't watch much USL Championship this year. I, I've read up on it a little bit. I know San Antonio has been very, very good. They are hosting. 
So with what little information I have, I'm going to go ahead and uh, make my public selection now. I'm going to be picking San Antonio to win uh, and hoist the championship at home. Um, but uh, again, you know, I've talked to this a lot about this on the Talking Flock podcast with Rob Chapel. Talked about it in a few other mediums as well. One of the coolest parts of American soccer, you know, you talk about the growth of MLS and the expansion of MLS and the fact that the U.S. men's national team is getting more competitive and more exciting. And the women's game obviously cannot be overlooked in, the, in that growth. But one of the most exciting things for me is just the growth of the USL, uh, USL Championship and USL League One specifically. Um, these leagues are getting so, in, infinitely better, exponentially better year after year after year with the quality of play on the field. You see teams from Europe poaching players from USL Championship now. You know, USL is really looked at on a world stage as, uh, you know, a legitimate entity. And the USL Championship is looked at as a legitimate league with legitimate players who can really do something down the line. So um, I think that's really cool. So if you're looking for some high-quality soccer, don't overlook the US Championship final on Sunday. Um, you're going to see the best of the best going at it. And, uh, you know, um, it's not a it's not a battle for promotion, unfortunately. Maybe 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 down the line we can get something like that, but um, still cool nonetheless. And uh, two teams and two markets that um, really have embraced their local USL teams as well, and uh, should be should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Two two cities with a lot of history at this sort of level of the game. Obviously, Louisville have won God knows how many of these titles at this point. Um, yep. But, uh, but, you know, always hungry for more. Yeah, San Antonio, uh, San Antonio FC, of course, have, have, a, have a bit of history. But that city at this level of the game has its own long history. Um, you know, San Antonio had a team in the, the, the new old NASL with uh, Minnesota yeah. United, the Scorpions. Um, before that, had a history of the game as well. It's a, it's a city that has a long soccer history. So um, I know that that team is is very intends very much so to to live up to that name and build that reputation and continue to sort of bring people to to, uh to the team uh so yeah it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out and uh i i i'll i'll join your your bid that san antonio will come out on top i I have a good feeling about that one um my uh my second one was going to be kind of a a a mention or kind of around town of, uh, of just a lot of the sort of announcements that are coming out about different uh, World Cup watch parties and different sort of places you can go to watch games, all that sort of stuff that's coming out right now for the World Cup, um, which, of course, is, is not far away now. Uh, the, the two that sort of came to mind that were recent news was one that our, our friends at Ninth Street Soccer have, have posted some, some updates about, you know, their, their plans to make sure that they're hosting uh, watch parties for those, you know, teaming up with, with local American outlaws and all that. Uh, obviously, if if you have been planning to check out Nine Street Soccer, then then a World Cup game is probably a really nice option, particularly because the games are going to be early in the day. Uh, so uh, so definitely check them out. And the other cool one that's obviously related to this podcast is uh, is that Minnesota United uh, and the Allianz Field Brew Hall have have um, announced you know that they'll be doing they'll be facilitating some watch parties for games and stuff like that. So. Those are great. I'm sure there's tons of other businesses and bars, all that kind of stuff that are going to be joining in on that mix as well that people should look around for if you have a place you already like and uh, 
I definitely encourage people to uh, to pay attention to the World Cup and 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 if you have the ability to to go out and kind of use it as a social opportunity because it's always fun to watch those games with uh, with crowds of people whether they're all your friends or some mix of strangers and friends all that kind of stuff. So just uh, just great to hear that the Twin Cities are are making sure that they provide that space. Yeah, of course you have like the Black Heart, Ladonia, um, you know, a, a lot of other places that. We'll be hosting watch parties and um, we'll try to keep tabs of that at uh, Soda Soccer for you so you can, we can direct you to the uh, World Cup watch party nearest to you and, and um, we'll have some World Cup coverage as well, talking about you know some of the local aspects of the World Cup with Dane St. Clair in Canada and his new sort of more prominent role on the Canadian national team as he is uh, going to be in all likelihood the number two goalkeeper heading into Qatar. Uh, with uh, Maxime Crepo's broken leg. Uh, obviously, you know, wish all the best to him, but it also gives Dane a really good opportunity to potentially see some uh, time on the field in a huge, huge spot in Qatar. So uh, obviously there is that. Um, you have, you know, World Cup alums with Minnesota ties like, like Ethan Finley and uh, and others. So, um, you know, uh, um, with, with U.S. men's national team experience, I, I should say. Um, so just, just kind of a cool... So there's some cool local angles to the World Cup that we'll try to flush out and bring to you uh, at SodaSoccer.com as we get closer and throughout the tournament as well. Um, that'll do it for this week's edition of 10,000 Pitches. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, Stimulus Athletic, and Pence Homes for being great sponsors. Um, if you want to support us, you can do that by supporting the businesses who support us. So just go to the Sponsors tab, the Partners tab, over at sodasoccer.com and learn more about Ninth Street Stimulus and Pence Homes. Um, and speaking of supporting us, head over to patreon.com slash sodasoccer right now if you want some more content. 10K stoppage time with myself and Dominic Jose Bazonio as we will be sort of going in-depth on the uh, expansion draft happening later today here on Friday and uh, what we may be able to expect or maybe not expect from Minnesota United's sort of uh, role in that. So if you want to support us, 5 or $10 tiers over at patreon.com slash sodasoccer to get that bonus content. If not, no worries. We will catch you next week for next week's episode of 10,000 Pitches. See you guys. Have a good weekend.